Welcome to the Big Ideas for Small Business podcast. Join us as our host and fellow small business owner, Tim Hayden, discusses topics beneficial to businesses of all industries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Big Ideas for Small Business. I am your host, Tim Hayden, and I'm honored to have uh, a congressman from the great state of South Carolina with us today, uh, Ralph Norman. Ralph, welcome to our podcast. Great to be with you, Tim. Thank you for having me, and I represent the 5th District in South Carolina. It's the district that uh, Mick Mulvaney had before I was elected, and then prior to him was John Spratt, who had been in the seat for 20-some years. The 5th District is a great uh, um, district. We all have roughly represent 700,000 people. I represent 11 counties from Spartanburg to the edge of Sumter, is right at 200 miles, so it's pretty expansive, but it's a uh, encompasses a lot of businesses and a lot of growth of new people that are coming to the area. Okay. Well, hey, uh, uh, Congressman, if you will, tell a little bit about, hey, tell, tell our audience a little bit about you, about Ralph Norman. Sure. I uh, went to the public schools and graduated from Rock Hill High School in uh, 71. I went to Presbyterian College where I majored in business, graduated in 1975, and My family had started a a real estate business. My father, after the war, came to to Rock Hill after serving in the military for two two to three years. And he came here because of the growth. He did his statistics of where people were coming to. And at the time, Selenese Corporation was a company that was expanding. They made the acetate that went into cigarette filters, along with some other things as time went by. But he started off in the rental business, and in 1946, I joined him right after college in 75, and uh, we went from building houses for homeowners, uh, gradually got into the commercial real estate business, which included uh, uh, strip shopping centers, uh, eventually got into hotels and leases, and that's the part I really enjoyed. Small family-owned businesses business. And um, it was uh, my brother, my father, and three of us for a long period of time. And I did that for 40-some years. I was 54, 55 before I got into politics. It was, I, it was interesting having a background in business and then going to government. And that's where I kind of solved the, the, the need to get involved. So ran for the South Carolina State House in 2005. Interesting fact, Nikki Haley and I, who is now running a candidate for president of the United States, came in the South Carolina State House at the same time as House members and served there for, I think my time was six years there. Uh, ran for Congress earlier and did, did not make it against Spratt. Then when uh, Mick went to Congress, I ran and and won that seat. Been serving there since uh, mid-2017. But my background is business. I mean, that's what I enjoy. That's what I was so fortunate to have before I went into politics, because unless you made money and lost money, you really can't make decisions like you would. If if I had always come up in politics, I would not have had the experience that I've had to know what it means to make a payroll, know what it means to hire people, know what it means to borrow money, know what it means to make money, lose money. Yeah. Now, now that's really good. So, well, hey, and for our listeners today, again, uh, the importance of small business in a massive world. So my first question, uh, Congressman, uh, 
is there any way to tell the percentage of how much revenue small business accounts for in total revenue in the United States? It is the, and I'm more familiar with South Carolina and the way okay. for your listeners, the way you define a small business uh, is 500 employees and less. And it's gross revenue of $7 million per year. Uh, in South Carolina, we have 99% of the businesses make up small businesses, everything mm. from agriculture to manufacturing, like your uh, family is involved with and Anderson and, um, the it employs right at 843,000 of the workforce, which is 46, 47%. And, um, and 99% of the South Carolina businesses in 2022 employ 43% of the South Carolina employees, mm. which is an astounding figure. You know, it's interesting when you see the rankings, though, uh, for pro-business states, South Carolina ranks 39th out of 50 states. That shows you where the growth of government has gone mm. and where it's so important for business people to get involved with politics mm. because we're the ones in the elected officials that need to rein in government. We're the ones that have to ask the small businesses, how can I help you? What can I do for your company that would pay dividends to allow you to make a profit, pay taxes that support our hospitals, our first responders, our police department? And um, South Carolina is a fertile ground. It did surprise me about the, the ranking of states because I thought we would be higher up the list. But mm -hmm. it's a great state to do business in. We have right at 5.2 million people in South Carolina now and growing every day. That's interesting. Hey, um, any idea um, like who may be in the top five in the country as far as if, if South Carolina where you and I both live, if we're 39th, Who's some of the ones that rank really high? Colorado, Texas. Hmm. Texas is, is a um, magnet primarily because of, for, like for MD Anderson, the medical providers. Mm -hmm. They've got, they have had tort reform, which is, we should have reform in that area because everybody's suing doctors, hmm. particularly if you're a specialty OBGYN. Mm -hmm. uh, any of the, the surgical specialties. And uh, Texas has taken the lead uh, on curbing that and having limits, liability limits, so that a practitioner that goes into the medical business, medical field won't have to worry about every time he turns around getting sued. Okay. That, I mean, that's interesting because, I, I mean, you know, we both live in a state that we're a right-to-work state. And when you hear 39, that surprised me. I didn't know that number, so that's interesting. So I like what you said, hey, business people need it, need to get involved in politics because we know what it takes to run a company, you know? So uh, I understand what you're saying. Well, you're third generation and it's such an honor for families who have been successful to pass it on to their uh, heirs, those who are in interested in the business. And in South Carolina, I mean, look at the big firms we've attracted, uh, mm -hmm. Continental Tire, uh, Boeing, Michelin, mm -hmm. uh, BMW. We've got the big magnets that spin off all the, the uh, businesses that aid and help those particular companies. And one of the big things that you mentioned, right to work, uh, labor unions are not forced on us. The, the states that have mandatory labor unions uh, membership are suffering downturns. People are coming here every day. I tell all the economic recruiters, we don't have to give away South Carolina anymore. South mm -hmm. Carolina can stand on its own. 
and um, we need, need to get government out of the way rather than let, letting them grow and, and get in the way of business. Yeah, no, that's good. Hey, um, Congressman, my next question, what can small businesses do more effectively compared to larger corporations? The reason small businesses um, are the backbone, and in my particular industry, uh, the housing industry, is the bellwether for economic stability. In other words, so goes housing, so goes the economy. And people ask me all the time, why is that? Well, on a simple house, you involve over 150 different trades, from the concrete to the footings, to the stud walls, to the interior design, to the lawyer that closes along, to the architect that draws the build, draws the plans. It affects so many different industries that rely on it. And, um, and small businesses can turn on a dime. Uh, your family's company is more hands-on. When you get in the big corporate structure, particularly now, and the big banks are facing this with the wokeness and the, the some of the federal regulations that are, are burdening big banks and big businesses. And, you know, when you have shareholders to please, it's, it's a different world. Not in a bad way, because it takes everyone. But small businesses uh, are where... People can find their talent. They can pick and choose. They can get into an area that they enjoy. And if not, you know, with a small business, you're only as good, kind of like the restaurant, you're only good as your last meal. In small mm -hmm. business, you're only as good as your last product. And if it continues to decline, the public can choose other places. I used to tell people, if I were the only builder in town, I'd, it, it, the public would suffer mm -hmm. uh, because competition is what makes us better. And small businesses are extremely competitive. Now, a lot of the larger ones are not competitive because they're monopolies. When you're a monopoly mm -hmm. with no competition or limited competition, that's not good. Mm -hmm. so, oh, that's good. That's good. Hey, what? Uh, my next question, uh, what does it mean when people say that small business is the heart or the heartbeat of America? It's a heartbeat of America because that's where this company, that's where companies were built. It starts off small. Uh, as an example, look at Nike, started in the garage of an entrepreneur who had an idea and he took it from basically nothing to a worldwide shoe company. Mm -hmm. uh, look at uh, aircraft manufacturers, Cessna, mm -hmm. uh, look at Pella window manufacturers. Uh, they all start small. And so small businesses where innovation takes place and it starts with an idea. It's not all of a sudden big. And that's where the left has it so wrong that, you know, big businesses are bad. No, big businesses started from small businesses, mm -hmm. businesses with small revenues, with a small number of people. And as they grew, they, yes, they got big and they grew for a reason. That's the beauty of our free enterprise system. That's why mm -hmm. socialism will never work. It never has worked. It'll never work in America, which mm -hmm. is, is scary to think we're progressing toward that now. Yeah, but um, uh, it's it's where a mom and a uh, mom and a pop operation can be successful and do what their God given talent is. Yeah, and as a company, and me being third generation, we started out as a mom and pop organization you know, with two people, and now we've got 170, 180 folks. I mean, that happened over the last 48 years. It doesn't happen overnight. You know, it just takes a lot of time, effort, and energy to to get there. You know, 
Yeah, and I, t- I tell you, Tim, what what's lost on and so many times you look at salaries and you see well this particular person is making all this. He forgets those days where the income was was limited, where mm-hmm. he may have tried a lot of different things that didn't work, and he was the last one as the owner to get paid. Yeah. He he paid his employees. He uh, he struggled, but then eventually he. You know, if it was successful, he made money and would continue to grow. And that's that's the spark that we need now. New mm-hmm. growth is is your uh, linchpin to having a successful uh, business. It's a linchpin in so many things that people forget. Yeah, and I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Hey, um, my next question, how does the government help to support or aid in the development of small business? If you look at where government, where its place is, is to provide those services that business can't provide. Like, as an example, uh, water and sewer for a town, Um, electricity. Your small businessman can't run power lines and for the most part can't run water lines, mass water lines to serve the masses. And businesses should uh, looks to government to provide those sources, detention ponds, uh, to build a park, whether it's residential, commercial, or multifamily, having the basics in place. Now, you, you hear a lot about gov- uh, private uh, and public partnerships. That's in, in the South, that's been a big thing lately because we, in, in my area, we recently partnered with a football team to get uh, the Panther football team. Now, it didn't work out, but Charlotte event got it. And people say, well, why should tax dollars go into that? Well, look at the return that's generated. When the mm-hmm. football stadium comes in, you have masses of restaurants. You have masses of uh, ancillary things that benefit when people walk in and out of the doors of a football stadium or a baseball stadium. It's a magnet. It's a growth. Feature. Mm-hmm. So that's where government can provide good things. Now it's gotten over expansive. They, you know, you almost have to get a permit to breathe. In a lot mm-hmm. of cases, I feel like, mm-hmm. but that's where it takes the private businessman getting involved. And I, everywhere I go, I ask people, uh, the businesses, what can we do to make to help your business grow? Mm-hmm. And if it's a particular regulation that has no, really has no bearing, we try to eliminate it. Mm-hmm. And that's the role. That's where private business and owners can take um, such a role in limiting government. Or if there's an area that they feel government should get involved, it's the private businessman that ought to dictate and ought to have suggestions because he knows it. Mm-hmm. Your family, you know, y'all know it from ground up. Your right. business. I know my business from the ground up. Yeah. I wasn't just put in a spot. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. And. What I'm hearing you say, I mean, this is my opinion. You're just talking good common sense. And I think that, and, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, hey, uh, a thing I say to a lot of our team, does it pass the smell test? What you're saying to me, that passes the smell test. You know, it's just a, it's, we use good common sense to make good business decisions. I, I think that's really good. So thank you for that answer. Hey, if any of our listeners are listening, uh, business owners, business leaders, and find out more information about what may be available, where could they go or who should they talk to? Like say they want to go start a business or they want to get more involved and make their, make their bit. You mentioned you want to help the business grow. How do they go do that? First of all, what I will tell you, and I've, I've talked over the years to a lot of people at different phases, some just starting a business, 
some uh, going in with other companies that are more well-established. But if you're starting a business, the first thing I would say is you need to do what you love. Mm. Do what is your talent. Don't don't go into something if it's really, if it's work to you, then I would make the argument something is wrong. You need to do something that you love, that you're not punching the clock and just waiting to get out of there because you're not going to be successful. Secondly, you need to get with the different trade groups. Uh, like in my world, the commercial real estate uh, uh, commercial real estate practitioners have the certified commercial investment members. That's an organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, the Chamber of Commerce is an organization um, that you could go to and say, uh, give me some statistics on what I'm trying to start and what's the need. You know, all of a, the, the only thing a good business really does is find a need and supply the need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so many people forget that it's common sense to start a business, but I see a lot of them, particularly in, in your world and mine, where second, third generation does not work because they don't like what they're doing. Yeah. But you have to have, I think the statistics on third generation success is like 4% or 5% mm-hmm. that make it. So 94, 95% don't make it, but yeah. um, there's reasons for that. But, there's so many places now, particularly with the internet, that you can get specifics on whatever product or whatever business you decide to go into. I think the most important thing is do what you like, uh, get the facts to know who your competition is, and strive to make the best product that you can make or provide the best service. My father always said, and we were a small real estate company, he said, nobody can compete with us. I said, hi. How do you figure that? He said, we give good service. We Mm. answer our phone calls. If Mm. people have a problem, we deal with it. And Mm. if we can't deal with it, we tell them. That's Mm. where small business, I think, provides a nucleus of this country. And that's why that's the beauty of the free enterprise system in America. Yeah, that's great. Hey, uh, next question. Information is everywhere nowadays. How can we decipher what is true and what is false? And um, where should business owners or leaders be going to get accurate updates on uh, news and current events, in your opinion? My opinion, it is hard to determine. We've got masses of information coming our way. Now, you just have to know it well enough to know how to discern what is true and what's not true. And that's the beauty of our system here in America um, if we make the wrong call, we, we pay for it. You know, there's, uh, what did Einstein say that he didn't fail a thousand times? He just tried a thousand times. It just didn't work. Mm-hmm. You got to find out what works and you go to people you trust and mm-hmm. you go to people who have been successful, uh, particularly those who, uh, want to help other people come along because if you're successful in the small business arena, you've done things right and hopefully the right way. So you go to them. Everybody has mentors that you can ask advice. No one gets offended when you ask their advice. Mm. And after you've done it, after you do enough of it, you discern what is legitimate and what's not legitimate. And so it's the same way that um, it's the same way that uh, every successful business has been. It's, it's, it's error, it's trial, trial and error. And then, um, using common sense to make sure that it's, it's the right way. Yeah, that's good. And I like, I like what you said about mentors and people are always going to give you advice. 
And the foundation of everything that's built on, in my opinion, is trust. If you have trust for someone and you build trust, that's where you can learn, you know, so, so, and I, honestly, I think that's a hard question to, to answer in today's society, but you know what, you've got people that around that are around you that you can trust that you can find out information. It may be, it may be business related. It could be something else. So I think that, uh, Hey, uh, just make sure you do a good job and who you connect with, <laughs> you know, as you're going through life, I think it's important, you know, you know, it's up to us as small business people. And in, in, in my role now is in the political arena, you ask questions, you ask, you know, if, if something is off limits, then you find out why is that off limits? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned trust. We just went through a, a new speaker of the house. The new speaker of the house has trust. The mm-hmm. old one did not. And so it's the same way in the business arena. You got to trust somebody. And then you, you've got to know the basics to know what's the real truth versus not truth. Mm-hmm. You just have to have to go through that. Oh, that's good. Hey, um, well, as we um, as we finish up our podcast today, for those leading small businesses or thinking about beginning the journey, what's one piece of parting advice that you'd like to leave them with today? The advice I would say, uh, and, and I've had a successful recruiter who recruited people to go into different areas, and uh, he would find somebody like through a job that was a job available in Anderson or Rock Hill. Uh, and I said, how do you pick who, where they go and if they're good at what they do? He said, Ralph, I got the easiest job in the world. I make a lot of money. The one question I ask is what do you read when you don't have to read? Or mm. what do you gravitate to? That's how you can tell what you want to do. Mm. Uh, some of the best carpenters I've had, they gravitate toward making something. The best mm. mechanics I've had gravitate toward fixing that car. So maybe the people that don't read they still gravitate toward the things. And then if you do read, what's, what are you interested in? That's the basics. Yeah. Everything else will fall into place in the countries we live in now. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, I thank you for representing the great state of South Carolina, you know, in Congress, it's a big deal. And thank you for having a common sense, small business approach. And I'll say that I'm 11 years. Yeah. I'm, um, uh, I'm, I'm 12 years in, I'm buying my parents out and I'm third generation and we're still in business. So that's a blessing. So. Well, that's an honor. <laughs> that really is. That's to do that. You're doing something right. Yep. So well, we've got a great team and we give our team the credit. So, but Hey, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you for your small business mentality. When I think you're using that today in, in, in Congress and we appreciate what you're doing and keep doing it. And thanks for being on our podcast today. Yeah, my honor. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. That's it. Hey, for our listeners. Hey, thanks a lot. Take care and God bless. If you would like to continue the journey with us, please subscribe and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. If there are any specific topics you would like to hear, be sure to put that in the comments as well. We will be launching a new podcast on the first Wednesday of every month. If you know others that will get benefit from listening to this podcast, please share it with them and we'll be seeing you guys next month.